What's up? What's up? Hey. hey, can you hear me? Hey. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. So y'all, I got, I got, uh, uh I see on the uh, on the line is somebody named John. So you want me to just unmute everybody like Ice was saying, so y'all all can talk. Uh, that's up to that's up to uh. Not initially. Uh, um, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the name? Uh, what's his name? Tomcat is uh is sitting in the big seat this week because we rotate. So I had it last week. It's Tomcat's turn. You know, just okay. So you know. Just let me know. Okay. Okay. Go ready. I'm gonna go I'm going on the Facebook Live now, Aaron. Are you going to go on to or no? No, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. <laughs> All right. Okay, 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 here we go. You ready? Yeah, man, I'm ready, partner. Okay. okay welcome to the Arena Talk. Um, I am uh, the co-host, Tom Cat, along with Aaron A.A. Ronjanowski. We are broadcasting on Facebook Live as well as on four-time award-winning Poet Radio. Again, I'm Tomcat. You can find me on Twitter at Tomcat68. That's T-O-M-C-A-T-T-68. You can find Aaron, my brother, at swim for life That is swim the number four, life1127. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. I want to introduce to you the man, the myth, well, not the myth, but the man, the legend, my brother like no other from another mother, Mr. Aaron A. A. Ronjanowski. How are you doing tonight, brother? What's up, what's up, what's up, man? I'm doing well. Ready to get into it tonight. How was your weekend, brother? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was great, man. The weekend was great. The week's been great so far. I'm excited. Getting my daughter from Tennessee in a couple of days. So, you know, we like having the family around around the holidays. It's going to be a, a nice one. We're setting, setting up to be a nice uh, Thanksgiving. Now, we're just doing it real nice and tight. It's just going to be the kids and me, but you know, with this COVID thing um, jumping off like it is, but we still going to have a good time, man. It's all, you know, I, I, I convinced the boys, believe it or not, to step away from the computer and spend some time at the card table playing some board games this holiday. So I can't believe they oh, wow. to it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, we'll, I have to give you a post-game rundown of that next next time we on, but uh, after the holiday, but we'll see how that goes because, you know, them boys are tied up around them video games, man, like it's their first date they ever had, you know, it's, it's crazy. And the, video uh, games, you know. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, it's like, you know, they, they live that gamer life. They 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 stay up all night long. When I get up to go to work, they're still up, you know. How'd you sleep, Pop? Well, how did you sleep? We haven't been asleep yet. We're going to sleep now, you know, so... They sleep during the day, man, like vampires, like gamer life. That's what they live. So. That's the technology generation. Uh, video games, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, I guess TikTok now, whatever that is. Yeah, that's the uh, mm-hmm. that's that's their generation. That's what that's how they get down. So uh, my weekend was pretty that quiet. Is. I didn't have much going on. Um, I was supposed to work overnight Sunday night, but that didn't materialize. So which was kind of good for me. I got to sleep, but um. This weekend to be a little different. I think we will have a night nice shift coming Sunday, but that's okay because it's some, it's some decent pace, so I can go with that. So, uh, as far as the holidays go. coming up, I don't I don't have any plans for the holiday. Again, as you know, I'm I'm trying to 
I'm low key. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay as safe as I can. I, um, my dad, you know, he, 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 he and my stepmom, they are, they're dead on it. They're not, they're not having any company coming over. She usually has Thanksgiving dinner and they're not, mm-hmm. they're, you know, how they're just trying to be safe, brother. So they don't, they haven't, they haven't made any plans. I haven't made any plans. I'm probably going to be working anyway, but when I get off, I'll just be at home in my fortress of solitude. So you're not going to see your son? No, he, um, again, my, he was going to come up here a couple of weeks ago around for my birthday. My, my birthday and his mother's birthday, we, we were born three days apart. So he was going to come up here then, but it was at that time where, where Illinois and um, Indiana, this, this you know, general vicinity, you know, the cases got kind of hot. And it wasn't as bad where he's at. So I said, I just advised him that he might want to just, just, just pass on it this time and, and come by maybe in a few months. So uh, it's going to be rough, you know, because uh, I've only seen my son a couple of times this year. And, and you know, because your daughter lives out of state as well. It's, um, he and I have always been very close. And it, that's kind of rough for me. Yeah. And that's kind of rough for him too. But we try to uh, text every day, talk to him every couple of days. And sometimes we get a FaceTime going on too. So I can just put my eyes on him, make sure he's okay. But now, I don't have any plans to see my just to visit with my son or anyone really. I do, um, and we'll be seeing my dad um, as soon. I got to take him by. He's got a doctor's appointment. I think I got the date wrong. I thought it was next Thursday, but it can't be next Thursday. That's a holiday. So, but um, not that much. Now I'm just again. I'm just staying low key, just trying to stay out of trouble, so to speak. You know what I mean? Man, that's probably the best case scenario with all this COVID jumping off the way it is. This is this pandemic is man, it's just crazy. I was talking to my son, you know, because my oldest son really, really stays despite all the um, the gaming activity he does. He does stay in tune with what's going on, you know, around the world socially, like we do, you know. And he was telling me right. that um that it is just ridiculous in terms of all the people so close to the breakdown of losing their apartments and losing their jobs and um, just losing pretty much everything that this whole, this whole um, move. And I know you want to talk sports first, but this whole thing by Mitch McConnell to stymie uh, to prevent getting this COVID relief plan out is really hurting a lot of people and a lot of businesses that got the original plan needed that backup relief plan and have not gotten it and have gone out of business because of it. And my son showed me a picture when we, when we came home today, Tom Cat. I don't know if you saw it, but these cars lined up in Texas to get food. It was ridiculous. I mean, it looked like they were just like they were going to see the Lakers play or something. I mean, it was just a, really? an incredible line. Like, I mean, it was incredible. It was just incredible. Um, and the, um, and it's, uh, it, it was, it was crazy. Uh, so here we are in the midst of this pandemic and you have, you have the, you have Congress playing political posturing with so many lives at stake. And you have a president that is unwilling to concede and, uh, you know, help out president elect at a time when so many Americans are in desperate need, it's, it's pretty shameful, you know, that we have a Congress in deadlock simply because they don't want to relent political power. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous, man. Well, you know, I did, we did want to talk about sports first, but since you did bring this up first, uh, we're kind of into it right now. And, you know, I, I, I'm so, I get so furious when I think about this whole uh, COVID situation, because, you know, it, it's kind of, 
it's kind of frustrating for me because it, you probably remember when my son was in college, I was working two, two sometimes three jobs trying to help him finish mm-hmm. uh, graduate from college. And as a consequence of that, I didn't see anybody. I didn't have time to do anything. I was going to work, leaving work, going back to work, and going leaving that work and going back mm-hmm. to work. So I didn't do anything but work and sleep and eat, you know. So I couldn't see my dad, my sister, my brother. I couldn't see anyone. And when my son graduated college, I worked two jobs for another few months. And then I said, you know what? I've been doing this for a few years now. I haven't been able to spend any time with my people. I'm going to let this second job go so that I can spend time with my family. And I was going by my dad at least once, sometimes twice a week. You know, I saw my sister a little bit more, my brother from time to time. But I, really, I made it my business really to get by my dad's house. My dad's 81 now. And right now, uh, my, my dad, he, he, he's growing older now. And it really pisses me off that I am, I mean, this may sound strange, but I am not able to enjoy that with him. I'm not able to, to be there with him as he begins this new phase in his life, as, he, as he's growing older now. And because of the way this was mishandled, because this moron in the White House uh, chose to call it a democratic host as opposed to being honest with he knew what was going on. He's on he's on, right. he's on uh, audio admitting to as much. And the way that he mishandled it, it really pisses me off because I am unable to share in this with my dad because of the way he handled the situation. You know what's you know what's really sad, Tom Cat, is that you know, you know, you know, my mom is no longer with us, but um if she were I would not be able to see her either because she lives. She lived in a uh, retirement home for the last ten, 10 years or so of her life. And oh, they got Glenn Doc Rivers on uh, from Verizon East on the on the ESPN, baby. Um, but um, yeah, so it, it would have been challenging to see her as well. And the sad part is that there are so many stories like ours across America. And it falls on deaf ears to a president who loves to brag about everything that he's done for America and how he stands up for the flag and how he um, is going to go down as the greatest president in history. You cannot in any way live in that delusional world with him and that, that bubble that he lives in, Tomcat, where he is so, you know, so separated from the actual working class person in in our country so I have to deal with situations like this but we have a loved one that we cannot connect with that is so that is so dear to us you know and it's unfortunate that he has wrapped himself with people who only adhere to his whims and to his his own personal desires rather than the whims of the American people. And this is a result of that. This is exactly the result of that and where we are because of, of that dynamic that they chose to, you know, engage in. And, it, and, it's, and it's really shameful because it couldn't, he, he could have gone in an entirely, and we, we discussed this before, he could have gone in an entirely different direction. He was on the doorstep of changing history or being a part of something dynamic in history and yet he chose to go the other way the selfish way the donald trump way not the way that would endear him to history as one of the greatest presidents of all time uh yes we have gotten into this before and and like you just said he had he, he wants to be viewed 
by all as the greatest president of all time, he could have done so. He could, he, had he conducted himself as a president of the United States, not just of his little faction, if he had conducted himself as a president of the United States, like you just said, Aaron, he would have, he could have gone down as me. He could have gone down in history as one of the greatest presidents. You are absolutely right about that. Well, I mean, we're on the on the the, the 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 precipice of this situation. He had it. He had the reins, and he decided to crack the bed. Period. And the amazing thing is that there are still so many people out there that are twisting themselves into pretzels trying to explain away his actions. He's a grown. He's seventy four years yeah. old. It, it, mm-hmm. At seventy four, if you, if you can't if you can't communicate what you're thinking, or you can't, he has no empathy for anyone. First of all, that's one of his main problems. He's a narcissist, mm-hmm. narcissist, and he has no empathy for anyone. And that's why he doesn't care about me and my my situation with my dad. He wouldn't care about you trying to get to see your mom or anyone. He he doesn't care about that. All he cares about mm-hmm. is himself. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, when I was I was on another radio show and um, Black Ice, the, uh, you know, the uh, proud owner of, of Poet Radio, he asked, asked me the question. He asked, and he was asking everyone the question that was on the show, that if you could, if, if depending on who won, because at that time we, we, we were unaware who, who might be the winner in the, in the uh, presidential race, um, if, you could, if you could ask one thing, if you would want one thing from each one of those each one of them, Biden or Trump, what would you want? And my response was, and a lot of people gave some, some great responses, but my response was empathy. And the reason for that is because I believe everything derives, everything love derives from empathy. Love, everything good can come from empathy. And I just don't believe that Trump has any of that. I don't think there's ever been, you know, at least from what we've seen, any real empathy ever from that from that man and it's unless he was you know talking about himself or considering his, his his own family maybe but other than that i just i don't think he can come from a point of view i think he understands like the definition of empathy but i don't think he understands what empathy feels like he doesn't know what it means he's always been concerned about his own well-being and his own course of action and his own success and he, he has no problem you know, as he's done repeatedly, taking taking uh, people that that have done work for him to court and suing them until they can no longer stay in the court, so that he doesn't have to pay them. This is somebody that is ruthless and unmoving and uncaring, and he still he uses that type of an approach in the office today. As recently as just a couple of days ago, when he terminated somebody that was head of his cyber committee and also head of his his um, election committee that said it was the most, uh, it was the, the safest and, and best uh, election process right. uh, that they've ever had. Something to that effect. And, and as a result, he said it, when he, when he said that comment, he said, I'm going to get fired for saying this, but this is how we feel. And of course, a couple of days later, in retaliation, as he does, like he's a mob boss of some kind, Donald Trump ended up firing the guy. And so here we left those vulnerable. And now, as of today, Republicans are coming out and criticizing Trump for it because he's left us vulnerable to cyber attack from different countries who have repeatedly done it, like China and Russia. So, I mean, without, a, without cause, without a, a single thought, 
to what's best for this country, he's weakened our, our one of our, our, our lines of defense, which is, you know, the uh, cyber, cyber defense. It's amazing. Well, that, 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 that comes, well, it does really come as a, as a huge surprise. As you recall, he disbanded um, the pandemic team that President Obama had installed a couple of years prior to leaving office. And now look what that, look what that happened. You know, yeah, we, we had a, a team in place to look out for these types of things, such as the coronavirus. And, well, since President Obama, every, everything, so anything should I say that President Obama tried to implement, he tried to get rid of. He's just trying to wipe him out of presidential history altogether. Anything that he's done, he's probably going to try to wake up mm-hmm. Osama bin Laden and, 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 and bring him back to life so he can get rid of that too. I mean, he, he just, this obsession he has with President Obama is, is just out of the world. And now, from what I'm reading, he's soliciting his, his base funds to supposedly um, pay, for the, pay, pay for the investigation of the election. And, and we know all know that all that is, he doesn't have a lot of cash. He's just trying to get some cash. And these right, people Right, exactly. These people who probably don't even have a lot of money are probably donating to him. Yeah, they believe so fervently in what he and what he and what he dare I say stands for that they're willing to <laughs> do whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? They're willing to just put themselves out to help this guy who doesn't give a damn about any of them, any of them. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling, Tomcat. It's almost like he's he's one of those TV evangelists where they just completely they completely sold out, you know their their uh, you know the, their savings just to invest in this guy. Believe in me, and I'll make the world a better place, you know. And a lot of I've I've really I've been online and and been in a few chat rooms where a few of his supporters believe that he was sent by God. And I had one lady tell me, just watch the election's not over. Just watch they're gonna overturn it. He's gonna be the president. You just watch. God, God ordained that he's ordained by God. He's ordained by God. What makes you think that? Where in your head do you see that he, he was ordained by God? How does, that, how, does that, how does that resonate in your mind? How do you fit that, that composition into your mind? I would love to understand how she went from him being a normal man who are really, you know, someone who cheated on his wife every step of the way, paid for it, paid the person off with campaign money, campaign funds, by the way, to hush money, and and to be in this 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 messiah, I just don't get it, Tomcat. But these people, they you know, he stands up there, holds the Bible upside down, says uh, his own. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't repeat his favorite Bible verse outside. I mean, uh, keeps it personal because you know, obviously, he doesn't even know one. But I mean, this is the kind of thing that we have to deal with here, and it's just like to us. And I and I tell my buddy, I tell my buddy who's a Trump supporter, I said, look, to non-Trump supporters, it's like you're in an abusive relationship, and you just keep taking the abuse. And we see it that you're taking the abuse, but you're the person that's in that abuse because a person in, a, in an abusive relationship is in denial. I don't care what they say, they're in denial. If you're still there, you're in denial because you're getting something out of that relationship. And I said, you're getting something out of being 
with Trump, voting for Trump. We're trying to snap you out of it. We're trying to tell you, brother, look, man, we love you. Come on, you got to get out of this. Do they? It's not what he says he is, or she's not who she says she is. We're trying to tell you, shake loose of this, man. But you refuse to wake up. You refuse to see the real person. To them, you just they're just somebody you love, and they all this and all that, when they really not all this and all that. And for some reason, you stuck. And I keep telling them that every day, man. And then his response is, well, I'm not really in it for Trump. I like Pence. Well, what do you like about Pence, man? You know what I'm saying? Pence shutting up during the COVID whole thing. He's supposed to be the head of COVID. He ain't doing nothing right now. He got 17,000 people or uh, 1,707 people dying yesterday. The record number is in six months. I, I don't understand what's so, why people are so enamored with this. And then encourage them to continue these frivolous activities of lawsuits, which are, are, are laughable, are, are just laughable, some of them. It's just so, it's ridiculous, from, Tom Cat. From what I understand, he's, he's, um, he's filed like some 25, 26 lawsuits, and he, he, all but one of them has been thrown out thus far. Mm-hmm. All, but one All but one of them. Twenty-five places big, right? They had claims that Bigfoot had had um, filed. They had claims that uh, the people that were dead had filed. They had claims that um, that and actually, actually, the, the one of the one of the people that got that got busted in Michigan was a Republican voting for Trump. You know, it's like, come on, why why we got to why do we have to sit here? And go through this. It's getting thrown out because when it gets before the judge and the judge asks, "What's your evidence?" They don't have any evidence. Even there, his attorneys are admitting they don't have evidence. Do you know they're going through attorneys? That attorneys that attorneys are are stepping down, resigning, or refusing to work no. for them. No. They're refusing to work for them because they don't have anything. Stand- they don't have a leg to stand on, like you said before. If you can go on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever other social media form you want to go on and, and espouse lies and conspiracy theories, QAnon, Breitbart, whatever you can, uh, what is it, Parler, you can go on these sites and, and, and make all kinds of, of uh, claims without any kind of proof. But when you get your ass in the court of law, well, in some cases anyway, that doesn't work all the time. But when you get your ass in the court of law, okay, when you get your ass in the court of law, you have to have some proof. And they have none. Uh, we have a caller online right now, a uh, very, very exceptional gentleman. Uh, he is a frequent caller to the show. Kenneth yeah. Jellybean, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing great. How y'all doing tonight? What's up, Mr. Jellybean? Hey, y'all well. know I got to call on one of the best shows in the land. You know, I got to support y'all. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. That's. See that's up. That's coming from one of the best hosts in the land, or one of the best Absolutely. shows in the land. What's up? Absolutely. Hey, I've been checking out y'all conversation while I'm watching the draft at the same time, and I was listening to what y'all was saying to Trump. What I do, I tell people about Trump. I tell them he's like a coat. They they follow him like he's like a coat. They would literally drink the Kool Aid if he asked them to. Uh-huh. So that's the way I feel. You know, yep. anything that man say, anything he tell them to do, they willing to do. You got governors coming out here and tell asking they base to, to raise money for. It's ridiculous. Yep. And then in Georgia, the state secretary came out and said the person who was trying to get help, it wasn't the Democrats, and this was a, this another Republican, said that McConnell came to him and was trying to get him to get rid of votes. 
Wow. Yes. So is, that, is that the dude in Georgia? Yeah, the state secretary in Georgia said Mitch McConnell came to him and was trying to get him to get rid of some of the mail-in votes that came in that was a bite to destroy them. That's crazy. So they doing all this kind of voting fraud and doing this and doing that. And they the one that's pushing the agenda to really make it, to really do it. Well, you know, Kenneth, he's been, um, he's been sowing the seeds of this, um, supposed fraud since early since early this year, either late last year or early this year. He's been talking about how the Democrats are gonna do this and the Democrats are gonna do that when he's the one that had some shenanigans going on in 2016. Now I mean I'm not saying that Clinton ran a good campaign, but he's the one he started cheating back then and now he's trying to accuse someone else of cheating. Is that ironic? Oh most definitely. And you know that that's how usually when you're in a relationship and the one person yep. keep talking about the other person is cheating. If you lose that person, that's cheating because they try to cover themselves and cover their ass. You, you sound like you're speaking for somebody from experience, Kenneth. Um, not not that I'm trying to say anything, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say which side of the coin I was on that, but I'm just going to say. Play I, I, I understand. <laughs> don't think you know, we don't we, know, we go, we go, Kenneth. We go, we go, we go. Flip that cord, and whichever side it lay on, we gonna leave it right there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, I, I, I can get the political too. I'm gonna ask the question without asking. Go ahead, help yourself, bro. I'm gonna ask you, what do you, what do you think about uh, this guy uh, soliciting money from his from his uh, his base to cover his legal fees? Because he's got a lot of legal fees. He's got a lot of um. Campaign fees he, he, that he have, hasn't paid off yet, which is pretty much where this money's going to. What do you, what do you, what's your opinion on that? But once again, it's, it's him just showing again, he don't give a dang about nobody but himself. Because he knows who is based, a lot of his bases, all his, most of his bases is not considered rich, rich folks. A lot of his bases of, of, of uh, middle class, lower class people who's barely making ends meet and hoping that a stimulus is going to get done. And he's asking them to send money to help. And I think it got nothing to do with him trying to pay off his legal fees. I think mo- most of that money is going to go to him to probably try to pay off some of the loans that he has that's outstanding that, that's going to come, that they're going to come asking for once he get out of presidency. So once again, it's still all about him, that it's always all a bit about him, and it's always, it always will be about him. And that's unfortunate. They cannot, and that's why I say he's a coach. With a coat, they don't care what the leader do, as long as he as long as he's still there and telling them what to do. They don't care what he do. Do whatever you're gonna do. You know, take my daughter, take my thirteen year old daughter, take my twelve year old daughter. Do what you want with her. Just let me still follow you. And that's the same thing they do yeah. now. Yeah, he's the Charles Manson of politics. Yeah, so real quick, yeah, I want to I want to say we are we are broadcasting on Facebook Live. This is the Arena Talk. And we are also broadcasting on four-time award-winning Poet Radio. Just wanted to get that out there real quick. You know, um, I, call, I refer to him as Jim Jones 2.0. Because like you said before, his followers are pretty much um, consuming his Kool-Aid at a record pace. And they are loving it. He, he, they, they're drinking that Kool-Aid and he's making them like it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you don't mind, I just want to uh, switch just really quick since we got him on the line. I want your thoughts on the Bulls draft picks. You say you're watching the draft. 
What do you think about that? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That don't sound good. And the pod that was crazy, and, I, and people ain't going to believe when I say this, because I didn't believe when I first seen it. I was on Twitter early, and I seen a tweet from Kawhi Leonard said that he got a guarantee for the Bulls that they would go pick this dude. And I read, wow. I was like, oh, no way this is going to happen. What, what, what is he talking about? And when I see wow. it happen, if I could have put my hand over my face, I'd put both my hands on the face. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, what? this kid didn't even start in college. He came, he off, came the off the bench in college. That's what I What's Oh, God. So now you finna ask this kid to come into the NBA. He averaged nine-some points a game. So he's not a score. I understand he's supposed to be a good defender, got a good defender, got long wingspan. But come on, man! All these yep. those out here, you take him. And, and, and Mitch, uh, Mitch, Mitch, A. was talking about this earlier. Is this another Mitch Tabisky situation? Right, right, right. If you right, waste right. A, a number four pick on a kid yep. that that's clearly a project. And the all Bulls. I'm going to do is what I've been doing for the last three, four years. I don't watch the Bulls. It's too painful. Right. You know, I, I watch the Bears, but I'm a diehard Bears fan. I'm a, I'm, I love football, so I, I, I can withstand that. But I'm not going to withstand watching the Bulls. And with this garbage they just pulled off, mm-hmm. I would have I I took the kid from Dayton before I took him. There's a lot, of, a lot they could have taken before this kid. There are a lot of – I think every every person picked after him started in college. He's probably the only one yes. in the first round that never started a game in college. That makes absolutely no sense to me. You you were trying to trade up for what, to get him at number two? Or you – <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Come on. What the, that, would, that would have been a straight-up Mitchell Trubisky move. I mean, it's just – and I was like, a lot of people are saying the Bulls fans have been Ryan Pace. Tonight, you know, that's what they meant, and it's that's exactly yes. what it feels like. And I and I posted it, in the it, arena, I'm like the Bulls, Bulls drafted tonight, like they want to be in the top pick next year, top five. Exactly, pick. I, I, I agree with you 100 with that. And I and I, I hope that we all roll. I hope that we are so roll right. that we have to come back this time next year. It was like, ooh, the Bulls made the playoffs. We could go back to the record. We was all wrong, and we made a bad choice. We talked about it for nothing. But mm-hmm. I would bet a dollar to a hundred that we not right, that we not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know y'all. Y'all might remember when the Bulls drafted uh, like Scottie Pippen some many years ago. Nobody had heard of him. You know, I mean, he was pretty much an unknown. You know, to most of you know most of us anyway. And he ended up not saying that this. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying this kid is gonna be anywhere near the player Scottie was. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't. I, I'm a little concerned with the fact that he only played one year of college and he only came off the bench. He averaged like nine points, four rebounds a game. Uh, that's that's a little bit disturbing to me. To, like like uh, uh, Kenneth just said, now you're going to throw this guy in the NBA and ask him to produce right away. We don't have time for a project. We've already been losing. We don't need a project here. And that's my only issue with him. But I'm just saying, I don't know. Hopefully they know more than we did this dude this time because, I mean, I don't see it, but, hey, I'm just hope springs eternal, I guess. Exactly. We all we and that's and that's sad. We get a draft pick, and the first thing we do is say we hope that he can materialize into something. Not 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 no fifteen through twenty or fifteen afterwards. We talk about a top five pick, and the best we can say is we hope that he materializes into something. 
That's dangerous. Yes, it is. It's scary. Yeah, it's uh, Dave Kaplan. Dave Kaplan from ESPN posted on ESPN about it. He said, I find it amusing that so many of you out there don't like the Bulls' pick. You have no idea who Patrick Williams is. It is the second youngest player in the draft. Multiple NBA sources say teams tried to trade in front of the Bulls to trade him. Effing relax. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, whatever. Like, so, so here's the thing. He says that, and I understand his point to a certain degree. But there is a history in this Bulls organization of making bad picks. We could go down the line. And all of this is laying on top of a frustrating performance by the Bears offense who haven't had a QB in my entire 20 years of being on this planet. So I don't understand. Hey, what you say? He doesn't understand. Right. Hold on. Hold I up, thought I up. heard that too. Hold up. Yeah, hold go up, back. Hold go up. back for a second. Rewind. Rewind that. What Your entire how many years on this planet? 22 years on this planet. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you, you, you must be trying to multiply something. <laughs> you doing some of that Donald Trump, man. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? I don't understand That's a new man for real, brother. 22. Man. And he was real smooth, smooth man. It was real smooth. Yeah, wasn't he? You got you got shoes in your closet older than that. Oh <laughs> boy! I mean, he and he kept talking. He just tried to slide it under there and think, "What well, am I gonna catch it, man?" Please, man. <laughs> now I see why you get the ladies, boy. You be so slick and added in. Now I see why you get all the women, boy. You just slid that up in there. Hey, I'm, I'm going to have to after that one. <laughs> hey, hey, Kenneth, let me ask you a question, brother. Since, since we got you on here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume you saw the Bears game the other night. Unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I have my – yeah, I know, right. I have my own opinion. I'm just uh, – you want to give us your opinion on on that offense uh, – Mm, that offensive offense we saw put on display the other night. And, and this is how this is how bad you're gonna know how I really feel about this offense. With with uh what what's his name? Nick Foles? When he yeah. make you wanna think about going back to Mr. Bisky, <laughs> that lets you know how bad the offense is. And I can't stand uh-huh. it. And and, and I and I hope this don't get y'all sense of what I'm about to say, because I don't call him Mitch Tabisky. I call him bitch Tabisky. <laughs> that that's what I call him with a B instead wow. of an M. So wow. and that that's how bad I feel about him. And it, it right yeah. now the way this offense played, making me want to think we might need to go back to him. So that was some of the worst display of offense I've seen probably in, in, not this season, probably in the last ten years. Wow. And that's saying a lot. And I watched a lot of football, and I'm not just talking about uh, professional. I'm talking about college and high school also. That's how bad it was. That was horrendous. That was ridiculous. That should not everybody from the general manager to to the coach to the offensive coordinator, everybody need to go after this season. I would say during the season, yep. but what's the use to do it during the season? They ain't going to change. 
Everybody <laughs> after this season needs to go. All of them. And I have no, no remorse for them. That is sad. It is. Watching that offense, you got the defense going out there and playing their butt off. Defense playing. Defense hold. Defense get a turnover, and you turn the ball right back over. And then you come out in the, in the start of the second half, you have four straight three and outs. So defense, all they get to do is go over there, take the helmet off, take them a drink of water, they got to run back on the field. They pissed. Barely. You know, and that's, that's the reason that, that's he the, got hurt. I don't know how severely his injury <laughs> is, but that's why he got hurt because he get overused. Get a fucking first down, something. No, if they had, I, I didn't hear rat like that. That's okay, brother. You welcome. <laughs> they had like 14 yards of total offense until those last two drives in the second half of the game. 14 yards of total oh. offense. How embarrassing is that? I mean, it's just exactly complete, it, complete ineptitude on offense, and it's just it's shameful. They had five straight three and outs in the second half. It's just ridiculous. It's so frustrating. It's like it's like I mean, they're they're watching their offense. You remember when when the Bears' defense was great, even in '85. Of course, we loved watching the you know, although he was past his prime, Walter Payton play, but still. You couldn't wait to see the defense get on the field because you knew they were going to make a play, right? Even when Mike Brown played, he was like that until they got hurt, obviously. But he would have been one of the one of the greatest defensive players to ever suit up yeah. for the Bears had he not gotten hurt. Uh, I love him. I agree. Brown. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you couldn't wait to watch the defense play. You can't wait until the offense is off the field with this yes. It's like yes. it's just it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's so frustrating. Every time they're out there under Nick Foles, I don't care. Nick Foles gotta go. He done. They're bringing in Deshaun yes. Kaiser. Do you know how bad that is? Because Deshaun Kaiser couldn't even make it in Cleveland. And I'm a Notre right. Dame fan. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I'm telling you about Deshaun Kaiser. When when he left college his junior year, um, Kelly told him, Coach Kelly from the head coach of Notre Dame told him, do not go. He said it publicly. He said it on the radio. He said it in, in interviews. He said it everywhere because he wanted him to understand. He knew he wasn't ready, but Kaiser didn't listen. He heard the draw, all that money they were going to throw at him, and he left. And he, I know he's regretting it right now. And now here he yeah. is. They're bringing him in for a tryout. He couldn't even make it in Cleveland. He couldn't even for how long? And now you coming in here to try to try to clean up the Bears' mess behind an offensive line that you're going to be running around from like you on the south side. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yes, it, it, it's ridiculous. And I don't know where the franchise is going after this. They got to it, – it's a lot they need to change at the end of the season. And the, the, the scariest part is, are they going to be willing to make those changes? Or are we looking at the yeah. same thing again next year? And, and you know, the, the most hurtful part about this whole thing, this is supposed to be the same offense the Kansas City Chiefs run. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's all you can do is laugh like, what? Yes. I mean, it's, it's striking. The difference is just absolutely striking. Oh, and think boy. about this. And, Kenneth, and I know you and I have talked about this. But think about this, guys. Since the Bears won the Super Bowl in 85, they've only won three playoff games. Three playoff games since 85. 
And their problem was all the same season when they went to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, exactly. I was thinking the same thing, Kenneth. They played the Colts. Yeah. Wow. They, they won all of them one season. They won no more since then. That, that, that's just shameful. That just makes wow. no sense to me. None. And you're talking about a a city that is that loves its bears. I mean, this is a bears town before it's a town. I mean, oh. this team loves its football. And how is the McCaskies treated it? They treated it like a mom pop shop. They've treated it like a secondhand shop. I mean, they have not given it its due respect or the fans our due respect. You got Ted Phillips running this organization and running it into the ground. We here, here we are once again where we got to switch coaches. We got to get a new team. Right, exactly. What about what about to get a got to get a new quarterback? Right, got to get a new quarterback. I mean, you can't even you know accidentally stumble into a quarterback. No, you can't. But if you if you think about it, the the laundry list of needs that this team has right now, from top to bottom, from from management on down to the last player on the on the, on the roster, is 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 is, is, is extensive as long as my arms are wide. I mean, they need a total reconstruction <laughs> job done here because Chase has not impressed has not impressed anybody. But you can't have. I mean, I don't think any any coach. Could do anything with this with this team as it is currently constituted because the offensive line is horrible. I mean, Foles is, he's not doing nothing either, but he's got no he's run, he, he's not mobile, and he can't he can't so he can't get away from anybody, but he's getting no protection. So it's like, how do you expect him to be successful here at all? He's a pocket yeah. passer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, a pocket passer, and he's getting no protection. They have, they have a couple of understand the last couple of years. I'm sorry, cut you off. The last couple of years, hey, when they re-signed Leno and Massey to the big, I ain't gonna say big contracts, but any contract, you should have been trying right. to get away from them, not not sign to long-term contracts. Now right. we stuck with these dudes. Our first right. three picks in the draft this year got to be either live offensive lineman, quarterback, offensive lineman. I say offensive lineman come up with particularly offensive tackles. You need mm-hmm. to go get some offensive tackles and let them do is go bite the bullet or whatever you got to do to release them. Release both of them and let them go, and I would take two rookies. Because at least with two rookies, I know we got potential to get better. They veterans. They not getting no better. This is it. That's right. That's right. That's right, Kenneth. <clears throat> I agree 110%, man. I, I think you said it well. And then don't forget that Pace gave Parkey – Nine million dollars. Don't forget that. That's that huge contract he gave Parky. What the hell was that? You know, like, what is, he put money into the wrong to the wrong thing. I don't I don't understand this dude. And remember when and he, he wanted to just here? give away money like that. I got plenty of places he can give it to. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I mean, remember, remember when he first got here? Remember when he first got here? One of the things he said was, "I draft a quarterback almost every year." I draft a quarterback almost every year. No, you don't. He hasn't drafted a quarterback every year. No. I mean, I mean not even close. But what the hell is he talking about? He drafted about? another I quarterback draft- in the sixth or seventh round. That don't count. Right. I mean, I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah, the state of the Bears is in, in horrible shape. And, and and I feel bad for that defense. I feel bad for them defensive players because yeah. they're going to have to carry this carry this team 
for the next two or three years with nothing on the offense to help them out unless the rookies that they come in with. And it's going to you can't trust Pace to make these picks. It got to be a whole nother GM, whole nother regime in, up, in, up there in the front office to make these picks because we leave it up to him. We're going to continue to be drafted in the top five and doing nothing with it. We're going to look like what Cleveland looked like for the past 10 years before now they still try to do something they still ain't got there. I'm sorry. I love the Bears. I will always be a Bear fan, but I can't keep watching that. But you know, yeah, the but thing is this. Go ahead, Aaron. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I'll, that. I'll you know, Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead since y'all. Go ahead. Y'all just messing with y'all. Go ahead. Where do y'all go? Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, what I was going to say is that the thing about it is you're in a division where you can actually – it's not going to take a whole lot of, of, of proactive activity to become competitive in this division, right? Look, if the, the – um, the the uh, the the Lions and the Vikings both have games winnable games this weekend. If they both win, that puts them in a three way tie with the Bears. Okay, and then the the following week the Bears play. They go on the road to play the Packers on a Sunday night game. So, uh, so I mean that, that I mean Bears could be in last place. Yeah, the Bears could be yes. in last place. But yes, what, what would have thought that the five was I did. Nobody, but here's I did the thing: too. I did you, too. You, you have it. You have an aging Aaron Rodgers. He he ain't gonna be playing at this level for but much longer. You have you have a very young uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings team. You have a team that's in flux in Detroit. You ain't it, it, if you play your cards right, you can take a hold of this division. The problem is that they've never showed a propensity to do something like that. The Bears is what I'm talking about. You have a – like right. you guys, both of you have mentioned so well, you have a great defense that they're wasting. If you put something into this offensive line, if you got, if you got a, a solid quarterback to, to, uh, to play behind a, a stout offensive line, you can make some moves in this division. But they, they're not – they've shown no history of being able to do that and recognize it. That's what's cr- just killing me here. And, and I usually would say behind that is that they they you would say, okay, they're not going to spend the money to make that happen. But they have spent some money over the last few years. But the, the, a lot bad of times they spend the money, they spend it right, exactly, bad money. They spend it stupid. So it don't materialize into nothing that the players that they bring in don't be not worthy of what they try to do. Because you know what we might end up with next year? Picture this now. We might end up with Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't stay healthy to save his life. Remember, y'all heard that here first. Hmm. Wait, say that, say that one more time, Kenneth. We might end up with Jimmy G from San Francisco, because San Francisco going to let him go, and he might end up being here. And he can't stay wow. healthy for nothing. Um, just remember, y'all heard it. That's what we're going to end up with next year. And it's going to be that the same be thing all over here. We're going to waste our defense. You know what? I, I think that this, this this team kind of reminds me of the, the pre-2005 Super Bowl team because the, the years leading up to that, they had this great or pretty good, pretty solid defensive team and the offense was just a crap. And my fear is that with this uh, unit as it is currently constituted, we're going to waste it. We're going to have this nice, this good defensive team 
and nothing on the other side of the ball. And by the time the offense maybe maybe showing some signs of getting better, these guys are going to be too long in the tooth, and it's not going to be the same kind of defense. And now now and then we're never going to be in a situation where we have a decent offense that is if they ever get the ship righted and, and an aging defense. And that's that's a fear I have with this team because the defense has been playing. I've been saying this all year. This defense has been playing well enough for the Bears to be have at least like maybe two losses, like 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 the Packers. The way this defense is played, they've only given up more than twenty points, like maybe two or three times this season. And that that's just that's just my biggest fear with this team that this this defense is going to be wasted, and by the time our offense catches up, it's going to be too late. Yep. Imagine this. Imagine if when they drafted Trubisky, if they would if they would have drafted Deshaun Watson, and still made all the same moves they made, how different this team would be. We would have been a playoffs yeah. probably every year, and possibly even won a Super Bowl. And that yeah. one decision right there has changed the franchise for the last five years. Huh. And it's going to be talked about a lot. Because in the next few weeks, who do we play? We play Houston. Yeah, that's right. That is absolutely right. It's gonna be. We, 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 it's just, yeah. It's it's Go really ahead. depressing, and it's really it's really it's really depressing, and it's shocking. It's because they gave up so much to move up. They didn't have to do that. San Francisco was not going to take Trubisky. Everybody knows it. I don't know why they didn't know it. And then, you know, you wasted, you, you stunted the growth of the team by giving up so much to move up a couple spots. It just, it makes no sense. And then you, look, when you, when you, when you make that pick, when you put all of those chips on that one guy, guess what? You cannot miss. That's got to be a sure thing. Exactly. I, I heard, I heard, uh, I heard Rick Keegan, who, who has a lot of great things to say, but he he claimed that the Bears drafted him as a project. You don't you don't put all your chips on one dude and make him a top three pick in the NFL draft as a project. I'm sorry, you don't. You ain't drafted projects in the top five picks. You just don't do that. Oh, no. And you see, oh, and you nice. certainly don't waste all those uh, all those draft picks. <laughs> What's that? The Bulls did. The Bulls did. They sure did. Then they did that. Only they in Chicago. Only in Chicago. I tell you. Yeah, man. And, and, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the elephant rule that don't nobody want to say. The reason they didn't pick Deshaun Watson is because he's black. Yep. Bottom line. Yes, sir. Look at the two of them. You look at the two of them. I don't care how you try to mix this up. You're not going to tell me. Ain't no way they thought Tabisky was a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Tabisky didn't start to his senior year. He couldn't beat out nobody his first three years there, so he basically was handed the uh, starting job. He, you want a quarterback that's averaging coming out of college in the mid-60s, if not better, of completion percentage. He barely averaged 60%. The side Watson averaged, I think, 67%. You want a quarterback that's going to come in that's from a winning, winning, winning franchise and know how to win. North Carolina ain't never won nothing in football. And then Deshaun Watson, not only did he win a national championship with the Heisman Trophy, the man never had a losing season from the time he played in high school. So how do you tell me any kind of a way, any measurables, analytics, or anything you want to talk about that 
he was that Trubisky was a better quarterback than what. So it only looks to, it only goes to one thing that they did not want to have a black quarterback leading this team. It sure looks that way to me. I mean, it sure looks that way. And I, and I always wonder if um, if there was some type of resi- uh, residue stigmatism towards black quarterbacks when it comes to Trubisky. Because, and the only reason you have to sit here and ponder that question is because Trubisky's been so awful, right? You, and, 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 and then I hear people say, well, Nagy ruined Trubisky or he had a hand in, in ruining him. Well, well, Trubisky was fine his first season. Well, how did he regress? They didn't change the offense. What did they change? They didn't change nothing. So why is he all of a sudden yeah. regressing as, as, as badly as he did? It's almost like the same thing with um, the forward from Turkey. Is is, I think it's Turkey for the Bulls. Um, who's the, the young man that they drafted seven? Well, he drafted like four sevens in a row. Tony Kukos. No, no, not Tony Kukos. Mm-hmm. The one that's on the team right now. Um, oh, Lowry. okay, oh. yeah. Uh, marketing. Uh, marketing? Yes, marketing. Yeah, marketing. Yeah. It's almost like the same deal with marketing. Last year, he regressed. Yeah, yeah. Right? He had, boy, he, he sure did. Yeah. So, so what happened? What happened to Trubisky? Did he get comfortable? Did something? Is something going on in the offseason? Something changed to where he just went downhill. You can't put all of that on Nagy. Now, I'm not saying Nagy doesn't have a hand in it, but he certainly doesn't have. You you got you got to put the onus on the, the player as well. You got to step up, man. You got to start. He remember they kept simplifying the offense because it was taking him so long to adjust to the, the complexity of the offense plays. Yeah. He, he couldn't he couldn't respond react to the defense as well enough. I mean, this was part of the problem. So that's on Trubisky. That's not on Nagy. So I'm sorry. I, I, I don't I don't I don't buy that. But a, but a, and I, I think his first year he overachieved. He overachieved his yeah. first year. I think he went above what what everybody what what he was capable of doing, and ever since then he showed his true colors. That's the player that I thought he would be coming out of college. Truthfully, yep. Can't really blame it all on Nagy because he's been in the same offense for a few years now. So when you if you if you in the same offense, like who was that? We had a couple. Of, um, Jay Cutler had like um, what? four or five different offensive coordinators. So they're changing the offense right. every year. This guy's been on the same system, and yet he got, I mean, horribly worse. Like he, he dropped like a rock as far as his production over the past couple of years. You, I, you can't blame that all on Nagy. He had some bad play calling here and there, and the offensive line has sucked this year. But you can't blame that all on him. That, that's got to fall on Mitch. Most of that has to fall on him. Yes, exactly. 100%. I agree with y'all 100% on that. Yeah, well, I, I have to agree, too. We're getting, we're getting close to the end. Uh, Ken, we want to uh, thank you for giving us a holiday this evening. I want to get into a little bit of a Tomcat take before we get up out of here. It's like five minutes to ten right now. So if you want to you hang God on. Bless little- y'all, y'all know I love y'all's show. Um, right. I'm always going to be a listener. And thank you for putting on, like I said, one of the best shows in the land. And I'm always going to be a frequent visitor. Ken, uh, Ken real quick before you go. Before you go, where can we find your show, and when when can we uh, can we listen um, to it? On the second and fourth Wednesday of every month, it's a man's view. Come check us out. We, oh. we got different topics and everything, and I'm trying to get me a, a former NFL player that got paralyzed. So stay tuned. It's gonna be a heck of a show coming up. Okay, love it, love it, love good. it. Well, we'll be checking you out, Ken. Thanks again, my brother. All right, thank you.
All right. Well, I want to get into it real quick, Aaron, because it is getting a little late here. Um, first of all, again, we are broadcasting on Facebook Live. This is the Arena Talk, Freedom Radio, your voice. And we are also coming at you at on four-time award-winning Poet Radio. Now it's time for time. I'm sorry, Aaron. You're up. You're going you're gonna to say, say your thing or what? <laughs> Yeah, I say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of used. I'm used to it now. It's kind of like you know, you kind of like pick <laughs> me up, you like uh, so my my hype man, so to speak. So <laughs> yeah, hype man, there you go. That's what I do, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time. <laughs> Put on your safety gear. Get your safety glasses on. Get your rubber gloves on. Get your hard hat on. Get your Get your steel toes on, because we about to step inside the mind of the one and only Top Cat. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Tom Cat's Take. Thank you very much. Again, if you want to follow either one of us on Twitter, you can find Aaron at swim for life 1127 That is Swim, the number 4 life 1127 I am at TomCat68, T-O-M-C-A-T-T-68. Well. During this year's presidential election cycle, we've had a couple of uh, historic firsts. A couple being, uh, number one, Donald Trump received the most votes, the most popular votes for a loser candidate. I'm sorry, for a losing candidate. It's just over 70 million. In contrast, Joe Biden, that is president-elect Joe Biden, he received the most popular votes ever in the American presidential race, with just over 75 million. Now, these two first might be enough to make your average trivia bug giggle, but the first that makes my heart buzz with delight, we have for the first time a woman vice president-elect. She is of Jamaican heritage, and she is also of Indian heritage. Astounding. Now, I won't sit here and try to imply that she's perfect, because none of us are. None of us are perfect. But what I'm reading about Kamala Harris since Joe Biden announced her as his running mate, filled me with incredulity. For decades, centuries even, women have worked their asses off in an attempt to circumvent their way through, around, whatever, this highly formidable good old boy network. And trust me, as a black man living in America, that is a daunting task. Now, in 1849, Elizabeth Blackwell became the first woman to be given in the U.S. to be given an M.D. Uh, she exhibited credible perseverance because she was turned down by 10 schools before attending um, Geneva Medical College in upstate New York. Sarah Whittington, at the tender age of 26, became the first person, male or female, to not only argue a case before the Supreme Court, but to win a case in the Supreme Court. You may be familiar with that case. The caption was Roe versus Wade. Now, these are just two examples of some womanly excellence achieved through hard work and determination over many, over many years. However, over time, many men have done much to nullify their efforts. However, now in the age of, tw- of Trump, excuse me, women have also joined into the act. Speaking of how Kamala Harris slept her way to the White House without a shred of proof, not a shred of proof saying that she's done nothing to have earned her ticket to the Oval Office, her ticket to power. These same people, they speak of Mrs. Trump in glowing terms as lady, beautiful, classy, intelligent. 
let that marinate for a minute. Now, for the record, of the aforementioned women, only Mrs. Trump has a proven record of lewd behavior, not Kamala Harris. Only in America can an educated black woman, who by all accounts prior to her being announced as Joe Biden's running mate, was a hardworking woman. Only in America could she be referred to as a whore, while the white woman, who arguably is a whore, or was a whore, she's depicted as the epitome of grace, elegance, dignity, and charm. These people are trying to set women back 60, 70 years with this malarkey. The audacity to claim that an attractive woman of any race can't achieve excellence in her field without opening her legs is preposterous. To have such sophistry being perpetrated by women of all people is it's, it's unconscionable, it's reprehensible. Now make no mistake, I'm not here to mollify, to mollify Trumpets. That is not my, not my goal, that's not my plan at all. I congratulate you, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Now let's get to work. I'm Tom Cat, and that's my take. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Slowly step away from the emergency button. Do not call 911. <laughs> There's no need for that. I know you feel close. Right. I know you feel <laughs> close. Do not call emergency response teams. We are all okay. That was a look inside okay. the mind of Tom Cat's take. Thank you very much. All right. Well. We've come to the end of another show. I had a good time tonight, Aaron. Uh, anything you want to um, tell us about before we before we check out of here? Oh uh, man, I just love my daughter, man. I'm excited. I'm going to see her in a couple of days. I'm, I'm so happy. I, I am so happy for you. I, 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 hey, enjoy your daughter while you're here. Next week, Aaron will be riding in the big chair. Uh, same yeah. time, same channel. We will be back next Wednesday, bite. nine p. Next Wednesday, nine p.m on Facebook Live, and on four-time award-winning Ford Radio. For Aaron A.A. Ronjanowski, I am Tom Cass. Thank you very much. Peace, everybody. Peace. Good night. Good night. Thank you again. You're welcome. Good show. Thank you.